Well, hey there, podcast universe. My name is Joel, and guess what? I'm not an expert. Yet, over the past seven years, I've been able to do things that I never thought would be possible in life and in business. And this very first episode of my podcast, episode number one, I want to share with you how I got where I am today and why this might just be the podcast that helps you get something going and do the same. Well, thank you for making it past the intro, making it past the bumper, and continuing to listen to a podcast that you've never heard of before. If you're listening today, you're probably a friend of mine, you're probably an acquaintance, you've probably connected with me on social media, or maybe you're my mom. Hi, mom. Thanks for listening. Uh, Whatever it is, however you found your way to this podcast, this is called the Not an Expert Podcast podcast. And we've got some very important things to talk about over the coming weeks and months and years because I want to use this as a platform to not just share my experiences, but to share how I have been able to do things online, in business, and in life that I am not an expert in. Not because I'm special, Not because I'm super talented, but because life is out there for the taking, guys and gals. Life is out there for you to grab by the horns. That's right, metaphorical. We're going right in, day one. Life is out there for you to grab by the horns and do something with, and you absolutely don't have to be an expert to get started at something. This is something that's really been boiling inside me for for about five years now that I want to share both my story and my passion to help people get out there and get something started that they've never thought they could do before because they had no expertise in it. And so I thought I would start this by really not being prescriptive. That means not by telling you what you need to do because I'm, I'm not an expert, I'm not a guru, but by being descriptive by telling you who I am, what I've done, and how that might translate into some kind of encouragement, some sort of motivation for you. Take it for what it is, do with it what you will, whatever angle we can put on my story to help you get to the next step in your story is the way I want you to receive it. So I will absolutely start at the very beginning. It was a cold day in 1983. No, we won't go that far back. Don't worry. I will go all the way back to the beginning of my journey as a business person, a journey that didn't really start on purpose. In fact, the title of this very first podcast is How I Accidentally Started a Business. Now, that may seem oxymoronic, right? How do you accidentally start a business? Well, I believe in my case, it's absolutely true. Uh, Let me first start by telling you what I do today, and then we'll work our way backwards. Again, my name is Joel Young. I am the owner of a business called Jumpstart Video. We create awesome, fun, entertaining videos and video content for people around the world that use them on social channels, on television, uh, in training videos, in all sorts of ways. We create video content for people and businesses and organizations 
all over the world, and I am the owner and creative director of Jumpstart. We are a small American-based company. There's only four, count them, four team members here, but uh, we love being small and providing great value to our customers. We're a growing and thriving business, approaching seven figures in annual gross revenue, and we've been able to share this story, my story, and the growth of our company with news outlets like CNBC, Business Insider, Fast Company, and some others. Not to name drop, but to just say that this has been an interesting ride and a unique ride for us that many people have taken note of because it's not typical. Now, my journey started as a voice actor, as you might be able to tell, as as hopefully you can tell. Um, I'm a professional voice actor. That's how I got my start in business. That's how I stumbled into this and actually became uh, the person I am today, but yet not something I was an expert in. You see, when I started building what today has become my business, my livelihood, I wasn't an expert in any of the things that we currently do today. Absolutely not even a little bit of an expert. Not even someone who knew a little something about these things. No, someone who had absolutely no background in voice acting, in video creation or animation, in acting on screen, acting on camera work, none of these things that I have expertise in. What I was was a Bible college graduate who had spent about 10 years in vocational ministry. That means that I worked in and for and around churches for a little over 10 years when I started my business. I was a pastor at the time, and I was approaching my 30th birthday. And let me just tell you, I was a 29-year-old that had a lot of problems. I mean, I had a ton of problems. Let me just run you down the list. Here's a few of the problems that I had. Um, Though I was an athlete in high school, played almost every sport I could get my hands on, I hadn't exercised in about a decade by the time I was 29. I was 50 pounds overweight, the heaviest of my entire life. I had had high blood pressure and was on medication for high blood pressure since the age of 22 or 23. I had tens of thousands of dollars in debt, and I had a salary job with no opportunity for overtime and very little opportunity for really advancing my income beyond where it was. I worked in the nonprofit world. And on top of all of this, all of these challenges, all of these issues that I was dealing with, I had no plans for change. Absolutely nothing on my, on my list, on the docket, to change these things. They were just realities, and I was living through the reality of my situation. Like I said before, the reason I wanted to start this podcast was to meet those of you that are right where I was or found myself when I was 29 years old. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever wanted to change your life for the better, but felt absolutely hopeless to do it? If you have, then you know right where I was when I was 29 years old. At the time, my family and I, uh, my wife and my two young kids, we were living in Boca Raton, Florida. Very beautiful, very affluent, very wealthy part of the country. But we were from Ohio. I was a kid who grew up on a dirt road, a dirt road with a little gravel on it in the middle of the Midwest in Ohio, southern Ohio. 
on the Ohio River on the border of Kentucky. And I found myself in South Florida. I knew that I had always been a starter, but I had no plans to change some of the biggest problems in my life. I had no ideas, no solutions. All I had was problems. That was until I found a goal and got a nudge. Now, I don't know if you take notes on a podcast, maybe mental notes. So, you know, put a mental note in your head. There it is. You get that? Until you find a goal and get a nudge, there is very little room for change in your life. Or at least for me, there was. And my goal became to get out of debt. It was something my wife and I were extremely passionate about, something that we came across as we were leading our church through it. We were leading our church through uh, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. And I was teaching this message every single week, that God's will and purpose for our life was for us to serve him and not to be slaves to something else like debt. And scripture really does say the borrower is slave to the lender, and it's not a joke. And so our goal became to end the bondage of debt. Let's get out of debt. That became our goal. And the nudge for the vehicle to do that came from my wife, my beautiful, sweet wife. Much of what I will share with you in the course of our time together on this podcast is a result of her nudging, her um, guidance, her wisdom. Because, yes, we are partners in all of this, but she has discernment that is far beyond what I have. So I lean on her in a lot of ways. I'm the doer. She is the nudger. And uh, she's a doer as well, but she's good at giving nudges. And she gave me a nudge. We had the goal of getting out of debt, but had no way to get there. We had a salary job. We had to do something extra. We already were budgeters. We already did the most we could with our money. We had almost nowhere to go. And she gave me a nudge. Here's how it worked. One day I hired a voice actor for a creative project. We were working on a project at church. And in fact, it was something that I thought, oh, I could just uh, try to get somebody in the church to do this. But I'll hire a professional. So I found a website called Fiverr. Fiverr Fiverr.com. It was a brand new website where you could hire people for creative services, and the the services started at $5. So I paid a young lady $10, $10 to record a voiceover for our project, and I was so pleased with the result that I, sh- I ran off and showed it to my wife. I said, look, honey, look, look at what I got. This was $10. How great is this? And she simply said, you could do that. And those those small, seemingly insignificant words is what set us on our journey to both get out of debt and start to build a business, even though that wasn't our intention. She said, you could do that. And my first thought was, yes, I absolutely could do that. In fact, I could do that and not spend any money. Because, of course, we're trying to get out of debt, not create debt. We didn't want to spend money on something that would then hopefully generate money. I knew I could do that because I had an old audio interface in my closet. I had an old microphone in my closet because I I was a bit of a rocker in high school. And when we were rocking in the garage 
in my high school years. We, we wanted to record our wonderful tunes. And so we purchased a Shure SM Series studio mic. And uh, I guess in, in the, the breakup of the band, I don't, I don't even know how this happened. I'm not sure why it happened. I, I ended up with the microphone that we spent a couple hundred bucks on in high school. Out of all the band members, somehow that microphone made its way to me and into my closet in Boca Raton, Florida, when I was 29 years old. So that when my wife said to me, you could do that, you could, you could do voice acting, I said, absolutely. I could use what I already had to try this with no fear. So I gave it a shot. I went on the very same website that I had hired this young lady from and opened my own account. I opened an account and shot a little video on my phone. I held up my iPhone, I don't know, at that time, iPhone 4, 5, 6, I don't know. Someone do the math for me. Seven years ago, what was the iPhone? Uh, Leave me a comment on the Facebook page. I took my iPhone and I held it up and I said, my name's Joel and starting at $5, I will record, record a professional voiceover for you. Which, let's all be honest, this 10-year-old mic from my closet on my MacBook Pro was about as unprofessional as it was going to get in my life, yet I sold it as a professional product. And the truth is, for many people, it was the the perfect level of professionalism that they needed. I held up my phone and I said, I will record for you for only $5, a professional voiceover. Please hire me. And I thought, put it out into the world and thought, maybe we'll sell $40 in our first month. Wouldn't it be great if this little thing, this little idea, this little um, spark that had just started. Wouldn't it be great if that paid for our internet this month? I think our internet at the time was $49 a month. Wouldn't it be great if it covered that? Then we began to dream a little further. Wouldn't it be great if it paid for our groceries? Wouldn't wouldn't it be great if if it paid for this or paid for that? And we dreamed about what this little side project could pay for, and we had very low expectations. Maybe 40, maybe 50, maybe 60, 80, maybe a hundred dollars a month. Wouldn't that be fantastic? And then within 24 hours, I got my very first order. Someone put their confidence in me. Someone said, I would like to hire you. I saw your ad. I see who you are. I know what you can do. I will give you money to record this script for me. And to my shame, I don't remember what that first script was. I don't remember. I really wish I did. I probably have it saved. That would be a great project for me. This week, I'll go back, I'll look. I'll see if I can find that very first voiceover so I can share it with you and you can laugh. But the the fact is, someone put their faith in my ad. They heard what I could do. They heard my voice. They put their trust in me. And let me tell you something. If you've never done that before, if you've never put yourself out there before and had someone return your step of faith out into the world, your offering, return it with confidence in your ability to do a job, then you have absolutely no idea how good it feels. If you have, then you do, and, and you know that it's euphoric, that it, it trips the dopamine in your brain. That, that, that is a, a high when someone says, I'm going to put my trust in you. Here is money that I earned and I am now trusting you with to return a valuable and quality product to me for. It's pretty amazing. 
And so I began this, this journey of seeing people trust me. And then I quickly got another, there was another high on the other side when I delivered and they were satisfied. They were able to review me. Back in the early days, it was a thumb up and thumb down system. Thumbs up, you had a good experience. Thumbs down, you didn't. And and I was getting thumbs all over the place. Thumbs up, thumbs up. And it was amazing. I would run to my wife every day. You're not going to believe what these people said about the voiceover that I sent to them. You're not going to believe what they said. This person said it made them cry. I had somebody write that one time. And, and it was a feeling like no other feeling. Heck with the money. I mean, the, the, you know, we were trying to pay off debt here. That was the point, right? Yeah, but it, it developed a feeling inside of me that I knew came from serving people. And I knew from that very first month, the very first week, the very first client, that serving people did something to me inside that would drive me to continue to get better and want to do more and reach more people than I ever intended to when this started. And so that very first month, after serving people for just an hour or two a night, it wasn't much. I would jump in. I would record a few lines, render them carefully, send them off, pray for thumbs up. The first month, we made over $400. It absolutely blew us away. We could not believe that in just a month, with seemingly almost no effort, doing something that was, that was fun, we earned more money than we had ever imagined we could in this. This thing began to grow, and it was an absolute accident. It wasn't, it wasn't an accident like it just fell in our lap. There was a lot of hard work, but it wasn't on purpose. I wasn't a voice actor. I wasn't trained in this. I was just a guy who could talk. And I said, I'm going to offer who I am to the world and see what they say. And the response was positive. And I don't believe that's unique just to me. I believe it, it came from sincerity, a genuine desire to serve people. And, and that because I was genuine and able to view it from that, that angle, that I was serving people, not selling people, that maybe they had a little more grace and understanding with my lack of ability. You know, that I think that covers a lot, that covers a lot of blemishes in our life, humility and the lens of service. And so we made over $400 that first month. Would you believe that the second month we almost doubled it? People kept coming. This was $5 at a time, folks. They kept coming, I believe, I can't even remember the exact figure, but I believe it was close to $750 in month two. And it was during or around that second month, I don't remember exactly when, that somebody came to me with a proposition. They said, I don't necessarily need a voiceover. That's great. But I stumbled across your video, the one you shot on your cell phone, that they didn't know I shot on my cell phone. The one of you talking about your services that, hey, my name's Joel and I'll do this for you. They said, we want you to shoot a video like that for our company. Now, this one I do remember. It was an asphalt company. Oh, so exciting. So thrilling. <laughs> Marketing for asphalt companies couldn't get more riveting. And they said, we want you to shoot a video for us just like that, where you tell people who we are, where you're genuine and sincere and you simply introduce the business. 
Can you do that? And my very first reaction was, sorry, I can't. I said no. Then I began to think about it. I hit send on that message and began to think about what I just did. That if my goal was really to serve people, that if it was a reasonable request, I should not say no. And even though I had never done anything professionally on screen, even though I had never produced a a video that I was paid money for, I emailed them back within probably an hour and said, you know what, I thought about it. I will do that. And so they worked up a, a little script. I down researched and downloaded a, a teleprompter software for my phone. It would lay the, the words on the screen so that as I was looking at the phone's camera, it looked like I was just staring into the lens, but in fact I was reading this text that was scrolling. And I had no idea what I was doing. I, I had to prop my phone up on, I think it was a dresser, in the corner of my bedroom. I had to figure out like which corner and which wall looked plain enough for me to just shoot this video. And I propped it up and I shot this video. In fact, I, I went back to Fiverr and created another gig service page, not just for voiceovers, but now for videos, where, where I, could, um, I could now start a whole new service to a whole new client base. And I posted this, had them buy from that page, created their video, sent it, and they loved it. I almost, I'm almost certain I could go back and find that video. I'm going to try to do that for you. Those of you, the 12 of you that are listening, that are interested. I'm going to find that so you can see it. But when I did that, there was something that transformed inside my head. Something that transformed inside my head and began to click that said, you know what? You don't need to be an expert in something to serve somebody with it. You don't need to be the the highest level of professional in order to provide somebody with something that works for them. Because you see, there were people out there, there were clients out there that had a $5, a $10, a $15 budget, and they couldn't afford a professional voice actor in a full-fledged studio. They were not hiring Morgan Freeman to do a commercial about their asphalt company. They had a $5, $10, or $15 budget, and I was their $5, $10, or $15 talent. I had a, 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 an ability, a level of expertise that matched their level of, expect, of expectation. Oh, that's good. Sometimes you have to realize as I did, that your level of expertise matches someone's level of expectation. And you just need to find that customer. And as I began to run into these customers, I began to ask myself, what other things can I kind of do? Like, I, I, I can kind of act on camera. Someone paid me for that. I can kind of do voiceover. Somebody paid me for that. And so I, I said to myself, I'm a musician. I, 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 can't, I can't sell songs, really, or can I? And then I remembered one of my favorite television shows of all time, The Full House. Everywhere you look. Isn't that right? Everybody remember that show in the 90s? Uncle Jesse, Uncle Joey. You know what their jobs were? Oh, they were ad guys. They wrote jingles. So I said to myself, I will become the modern day embodiment of Uncle Jesse. I didn't have the hair. 
I definitely didn't have the sideburns. But I had a guitar, and I could sing. I was a little bit goofy, and so I decided I would offer jingles to businesses. I would write little jingles. I'd record them as videos or just as audio. I made jingles for a a toilet paper company one time. Three little jingles. I don't remember, but I'm sure the word tinkle was in there. I don't remember what they were like, but I do remember it was a toilet paper company. I made little videos for dentist's office. I wrote jingles for video games and, and Facebook pages and podcasts, YouTube channels. I found clients all over the internet who wanted these odd little things that I could provide them. And by doing voiceovers and and videos on my cell phone and jingles, this little business accidentally began to grow. I didn't sit down at the beginning of this journey and say, we're going to start a business. Here's the 10-page business plan. It will start with voiceovers. Then we'll start shooting videos on our cell phone. And then we'll turn to the real moneymaker, which is creating jingles, singing stupid little songs for toilet paper companies. No, I didn't do any of that. In fact, it didn't take long for the jingles to run their course and for me to figure out that I was putting way more time into it than I was getting out. The ROI was not great on the jingle writing, so I went back to the moneymaker, the videos and the voiceovers. I stuck with that, and I did that for close to a year in the corner of my bedroom on a cell phone. The only thing I purchased during that time was like a $20 lapel microphone from Amazon that plugged into the side of my iPhone. I actually found an old tripod, figured out a way to like adhere the phone to the tripod. This was before all the cool mounts. I got some of those later, but I was like basically taping my phone to the tripod every single time. I found an Ikea lamp in a closet. And I was putting it behind me. I took the lampshade off and stuck it behind me and it kind of washed the wall out in the corner of our bedroom to make it look more plain. And I had to take pictures off the wall. and, 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 And my wife hated this because I would have to set this up and tear it down every day. She didn't want people seeing video equipment in our bedroom. And that was probably a good call. She's a wise woman. But I set this up and I tore it down every day. I did it in the corner of our bedroom. It went from you know an hour or two every night to I was getting a home and spending from 6 p.m. to 1 or 2 in the morning every night shooting videos in the corner of our bedroom, recording little voiceovers. I used to have to hold a pillow underneath my microphone, so like on my desktop. It was attached to my desk, so there, the, the sound didn't reverberate off the glass top of my desk. I had to hold a little pillow, and sometimes my wife would get so tired, she would come in and lay down and go to sleep in the room while I was still shooting videos and recording voiceovers in the corner, and this went on for close to a year, and at the end of that year, you know what happened? We turned around, and without having set out to do it, only with a goal and a nudge, a goal of getting out of debt and a nudge of my wife saying, you could probably do that. You should give that a try. We made around $35,000 in our very first year. Our expenditures for that year were $20 in the business. Almost 100% profit. Just using what we had, what I could kind of do, and hustling to, to find people who found value in this. 
It wasn't long after that first year that my wife got tired of going to sleep and listening to me talk in the corner. So we decided it was time to move into the 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 bedroom number two, adjacent to the master. We had a little three-bedroom home, pretty small, about 1,500 square feet in Florida. We had two young boys. At the time, they had their own rooms. After this, they didn't. We bought a, a used bunk bed on Craigslist, stuck them both in, in the room together, and I took over the spare bedroom. And it was at that time that I moved from a cam- from a phone to a real camera. I bought a little Rebel T3i camera for $325 off Craigslist again. And I figured out how to tape an iPad to the tripod as a teleprompter. That worked a little better. Still using Ikea lights, I bought a cheap green muslin background. I think that's how you say that. The cheap fabric that's always wrinkled and hard to get a a good key out of. I bought that and put it behind me and taught myself how to key backgrounds out of videos on iMovie. I was still using all the free software on my MacBook. GarageBand, iMovie. I used iMovie for three years before I upgraded to anything else. And my videos began to get better. My voiceovers got better. I figured out how to EQ things a little better. And eventually, I bought a little nicer microphone. I learned about sound acoustics. And I built a little booth around my microphone so that there wasn't a reverberation sound. That I moved it away from my desk so that I didn't have to hold the pillow underneath my chin. And all of these things. Things began to get better. Things began to roll. And in 18 months from the start of this, from February 2013, 18 months later, we were finally able to pay off all of our debt. In total, we paid off about $50,000 worth of debt in 18 months. We had medical bills. We had leftover credit card bills from when we had uh, carried a balance. We had a little bit left on a car. We had a personal loan to some friends. We had anything and everything you could have, pretty much. About $50,000 in total. We paid it off in 18 months, and we didn't have to draw any of that money from my regular full-time income. It was all from this side business, this business of me doing things that I was not an expert in doing. And we were debt free. And once we met our goal, we both kind of looked at each other, my wife and I, and we kind of said, what now? Like, you could quit and we could get our life back. You know, I had spent a year and a half really not seeing my family a whole lot. I missed a chunk of my children's life. Most nights were spent in the corner of that bedroom, in that spare bedroom, doing this work so we could get out of debt. And when we met our goal, we looked at each other and thought, that could be the end. We could go back to normal. But it didn't seem right. It didn't seem right to take this thing that we had spent so much time and so much effort in cultivating and just let it go. So we decided to keep going. Without much thought for what we would do next. Until not long after that, the side income began to overcome the full-time income. My monthly income from the side business, from my 6 p.m. to 2 in the morning business, was a little larger than my 9 to 5. I was making about $70,000 at the time, which might sound like a lot, 
And it, it was a decent salary, but in South Florida, it didn't go as far as you think, especially not in a one-income family with two young children, lots of expenses. And I started earning more on the side than I did during my day job. And we had begun saving in an emergency fund for a rainy day or for, for a, you know, an accident or an emergency that were to come about in this time. And we looked at it and said, you know, if we sold our house, we would have a full emergency fund, an income that was actually not only as big but a little bigger than the income I had right now and growing. And we could do whatever we want in life. You see, as a pastor, we kind of moved all over the country. Yes, it was a calling, and yes, we felt there was a divine direction in a lot of the places we went, but it meant that we really couldn't choose where we wanted to live. We couldn't say, I want to live right there and then find a a ministry there. It just didn't work like that. And with this opportunity, we said we could actually do that for the first time. And at that moment in time with two young children, my wife and I felt far from family that we're in Ohio, 1,300 miles away. So we made the decision to transition out of the full-time ministry that we were in. And I think it was, it was done really well. God had a big part in it, sent somebody there for that specific purpose. It was a great transition. It all just meshed. It worked. So we didn't abandon that. We actually handed it off gracefully, I think, in in what God wanted. We didn't abandon that. We transitioned out and transitioned into this new little thing that we had. 